This is your host, Jason Snurgrove, and I will be your guide as we journey down the road to pleasure hunt or hitting the long trail to those great cop hunts. This is the Coon Hound Collective Podcast. Two months later, tragedy strikes. From tragedy to trial, this is the story of small town kennels and lone survivor. The audio you hear there on the first audio is Lori, Loner, and Star coming on a tree. The second audio you hear there is Loner by itself coming on a tree. Boy, them are some good sounding hounds. Stay tuned for the story. All right. Welcome to the Coonhound Collective Podcast today. Today I am in, I guess, southeast Christian County, Missouri on the Christian County, Taney County line with uh, Mr. Brett Stevens. Honored to have you here. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to uh, do this with me. If you don't mind, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and where you're from. Yeah, I live um, in a little town here called Garrison. I was born and raised here, lived here my whole life pretty much. We're right in the middle of the Mark Twain National Forest. There's about 30 people of us here probably. Just a small little community. Yeah, I see whenever uh, I pulled up, they they wasn't a whole lot here. They, not a stop sign or stoplight or, or anything. There's not a whole lot that goes on, no. No, it's pretty quiet here. I kind of like it like that. Yeah, yeah, that, that de- definitely makes it nice for sure. Okay, so uh, what do you do to uh, support your habit of hunting and, and your family? I work for a chemical manufacturing in Springfield, Missouri. I'm a salesman there. I kind of answer calls and inside sales, stuff like that. Okay, yeah, yeah. that sounds pretty cool. Car wash industry. Yeah. So have you uh, have you always been a, a hunter and have you always coon hunted? I've always been a hunter. I've always um, I like I've always liked hunting ever since I was a little boy. As far as coon hunting goes, I never started coon hunting until probably the late '80s. When I was younger, I really liked squirrel hunt. Fished, grew up here on Swan Creek and done a lot of fishing and stuff. Kind of burnt myself out on fishing. I don't do much fishing anymore. But yeah. deer hunted, turkey hunted, and all that kind of stuff. Okay. <clears throat> What uh, what kind of dog did you get started with? I got started with, well, my cousin Russ was the kind of guy that got me my, into coon hunting, Russ Jones, and uh, he lives just down the road here. He would always come by and pick me up when I was a young boy. He'd stop in up at the house and where I, where I grew up, and he'd say, "Get in, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go turn some dogs loose, or I'm gonna go up here and road hunt these dogs." And I'd get in with him, and he was always a fun guy to be around and big cut up and. Mm-hmm. And uh, he could make starting old weed eater fun yeah. if he had trouble starting. <laughs> but he was—he's the one that kind of got me into it. He had English dogs, and and um, he's just the one that kind of got me going. I, I I loved going with him to do anything. You know, it yeah. didn't matter what it was. You know, if you was going with him, it was he was going to have a good time. But yeah. I got attached to them English dogs that he had, and that's kind of how I got my start. Was just going along with him. Yeah. Of those English dogs, are those still the dogs you hunt today? Or if not, what made you go in a different direction? The dogs that he had when we was first hunting, um, 
with some junior bred dogs. Um, I don't remember what all they go back to. I remember some of the names that he had, you know, them dogs. But he ended up getting um, the back road Rosy female. And that's what a lot of these dogs here go back to. They're Briar Creek, Swamp Rooster Crosses. Okay. okay. Is what they are, yeah. Okay. And so the dogs you, you hunt now are those Briar Creek and... Swamp Rooster, Swamp yeah. Swamp Rooster yeah. Crosses. Yeah. Okay. Mostly, yeah. Okay. So uh, out of all the dogs that you've had through the years, you can tell us a little bit about all of them if, if you uh, want to. What, what's been your favorite hound and why? Um, oh, my. <clears throat> my favorite? That belonged to me or... Well, I mean, yeah, but if you have something else you want to add in there, go ahead. Well, um, the first dog the first dog that I got was a, a puppy that I got from one of my best friends, Curtis Darty, which I won't refer to him as Curtis. Everybody around here knows him as Chops. That's his nickname. So if I say Chops, I'm talking about Curtis Darty. But okay. um, you asked me favorite. Maybe a tough That'd question. That'd be a tough choice. I. I I would have a hard time picking a favorite of my own because I've had times where I've been so mad, <laughs> so mad at all of them equally. I've been just as happy with all of them equally, yeah. but I really don't. Honestly, I don't have a favorite. They've all got different qualities and had different qualities that that I like. You know, different things, different traits. Yeah, that made me like them. Some dogs were just more personable. Some dogs didn't care. You know, that I had didn't care whether. You, you petted him or not. I had a that first dog that I got from Chops that her name was Grace and um she didn't care whether you petted her or, mm-hmm. or not. You know, she just was had a different character. Yeah. Than some of the others. So I don't I don't really have a, a favorite. I owner. really don't. Yeah. I mean I my loner male is probably my favorite because he's me and him kinda maybe have a little bit better bond, a little stronger bond than I've had with most of them. Mm-hmm. Um he's still pretty young and um, I've had some decent success with him while he was while he's still in the young stage. So he possibly is probably my. I would have to probably pick him. Maybe I don't yeah. know. It's it. <laughs> well, well, here in a minute we're gonna definitely get to talk about Loner for sure, especially with the story behind him and all. But uh, coming up to him, say prior to him, what got you from start to to Loner? What what dogs did you have? What were they out of? And what did you like about them? Yeah, the Grace female I got from from like I say from my buddy Chops, and um, he had raised a he had bred one of his females to um, Herd's Barber Creek Ace, and he had this litter of pups, and he said, "You'll get one of these pups." I said, "Yeah." I said, "I, I want one of them," and he had a little dark cherry red tick female, and I said, "What do I owe you for this thing?" And or, you know, what are you going to want for it? And he said, "Oh, I don't, I don't know." He said, "We'll figure something out," mm-hmm. and. There ended up being a lawnmower traded in the deal for the dog, <laughs> is what went down. Yeah. So I got this dog for a traded lawnmower, and uh, he was happy and I was happy, but that's kind of a funny story. Yeah. But um, but Grace was out of Barber Creek Ace, which he placed 17th uh, in 04 in the World Hunt and was the world champion English female that year, or English male that year. Yeah. But Grace was probably the first hound that i got that kind of set me on fire and she just had a big heart a lot of hunt huge yeah. mouth started early um which typically these dogs aren't known to really start real early anyway yeah. so i don't get too excited if they don't if they don't start early but yeah so um all right so so grace got you started you uh started competition hunting her <clears throat> i did um she kind of took off on her own really and i just put her in the woods and you know they've all got holes, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty bad. To, 
I'm pretty bad to pick them apart and and if there's not any big holes I always find a little hole seems mm-hmm. like but um, I think we're always critical of our own dogs oh, more, yeah. more than somebody else <laughs> that is that is true that is true but she would tree a possum every once in a while and she just yeah she was just a she was going to get treed and and um, she's kind of like the dog you talked about earlier you know but yeah. She um she had a big heart. She was she was really gritty and um I regretfully sold her. Um she went to New York. I can't remember really if I'd made her yeah, I made her a night champion mm-hmm. before I sold her. Everybody was kinda I don't know what really happened in everybody's lives here, but our coon cub was kinda dwindling down and a lot of people wasn't hunting and gas got real high and Everybody was kind of having a little bit of financial trouble. Times yeah. was kind of hard for a lot of us that, around at that time. And we we kind of slacked off and had opportunity to sell a dog. And then, you know, a buddy sells a dog. Well, he ain't got a hunting buddy and a partner no more to go hunting with. And maybe I ought to sell my dog, too. He got a decent price for it or whatever. And so I ended up selling her. And um, he went on to, she went on to win the New York State. Mm-hmm. Uh, title with her and i think he won like eight or nine thousand dollars pkc money on her and all that and you know i kind of regretted selling her she um i really didn't know at the time what i had yeah yeah i've been there done that yeah so but she was i've kind of measured all of my dogs she's kind of set the standard for heart you know yeah and desire she just you couldn't hunt her down and she just she was just a really gritty gritty dog well i know we talked about this before i miss her before we turned on the uh, recorder but to not be able to hunt one down in, in these hills is saying something because it's uh it's rough walking in some places it's, here it's different hunting here yeah it's it really is it's it's hard hunting here and you can get in some bad areas and mm. i mean it's not mountainous or you know and there's there's harder hunting other places i've been to some places that was just as rough mm-hmm. but most of the time you're going to be in places where it's, I feel like I'm hunting on somebody's golf course or something most right. of the time when I'm somewhere else, you know, right. but you can get down on the Arkansas line and stuff down there and it's, there's some rough hunting down there too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sure. it, there really is. And then, then you can get into some good bottom ground down there too. And it's like yeah. two totally different worlds here. I can't believe this is all in the same state. All in but, the same place. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. So that was, that was Grace. What was, uh, what was the, the next dog after Grace, you sold her and we, I sold Did you have her. a dog at all when you sold her? Or? I sold her, and I ended up maybe with a puppy or two that never panned out and kind of took a – everybody kind of seemed like took a break, myself included. Everybody kind of quit hunting, and mm-hmm. other things was more important, you know, trying to keep your head above water financially, not right. have a dog and stuff like that was kind of – but I don't know how long the period was that I – I don't really know how many years there was. Mm-hmm. I try to forget about that. That was yeah. a bad time in my life not having a coon hound, you know. Yeah, I, hey, I understand. I went through the same thing. <laughs> you know, I moved from Alabama to Missouri into apartments, so I had to get rid of all my hounds. So, yeah, I, I completely relate with that. But I ended up getting, um, Lori would be the Lonesome Dove Lori female. Would been the next one that I. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I, I'm assuming she, she held the bar to, to Grace or. They were two totally different different type of dogs um hunting wise you know they um grace would you know she'd cover a dog with a coon and she'd split tree and hold and and all that but Lori's she's a little different mm-hmm. type of dog she's a pretty much a dead loner you 
very rarely would have her with another dog mm-hmm. uh, or find her with another dog treed. You got her from a pup. So how Lori came about was was uh, Chops, which has been a big influence on some of the dogs I've had, mm-hmm. obviously. And you're going to hear me mention him quite a bit. And he's getting mentioned again on this dog here. So <clears throat> he's made some good crosses and he raised her um, from another female that he had. And a distant relative of mine, Mike Mitchell, actually bought uh, Lori as as a puppy, an eight-week-old puppy, uh, from Chops. And um, I got her from Mike. I knew that Mike had had her, and they said that she's, you know, I'd heard about about her and that she'd turned tricolor and she had a big mouth. And and I don't know if he lightly started her, you know, Mm -hmm. and wasn't hunting a whole, whole lot. And I thought, I'm going to go up there and look at her and talk to him. And I thought I would try to see if he'd want to sell her and i was going to try to buy her and this and that and because i'd heard a few things about her so um he didn't want to sell her and um i told him i said well won't you let me take her on you know why don't we partner on her and let me hunt her for you you know and and so i got her and i started hunting her by herself and she was when you cut her she went hunting mm-hmm. and um you didn't have to whip her or make her go hunting or holler at her or anything when you cut her she she went hunting and so I started hunting her, and she started treeing coons and, and doing good, and she had a big mouth and had a lot of desire and a good prey drive and stay, staying treed. Of course, I wasn't hunting her a lot with other dogs either, so I don't know how much pressure she could hold at the time. But, but anyways, she um, she was just consistently getting under coons, and I thought, boy, she's, you know, I've got something here. You mm-hmm. know, this she's pretty nice, and I really liked her, and. We kind of become buddies, and and um, I'd tried to buy. I said, "Won't you just sell me your half?" You know, no, I don't want to sell your my half and this and that. So it was a good deal for him. I was hunting her, and mm-hmm. but anyways, I later on um, ended up buying him out and got all over to myself, and that's kind of the beginning of her. Okay, early on, yeah. On Lori, there did you after you got her bought out? Did you start competition hunting her, or was she just a pleasure? Hunter? No, I'd been I'd been oh no I had, I'd been hunting her quite a bit and put her in hunts and made her night champion and all that. We were still partners on her at the time. Okay, and uh, I don't even really remember what year it was. I bought her bought her from him outright, but I was partners with him on her. She stayed at my house hmm. all the time, you know, and uh, so he was kind of paper partner with her most of. the Right. Most of her life, you know, that we was partners on her. But so from from Lori, was there anything that really set her apart from other dogs that you that you either had or even have now that you really liked that you was wanting more traits from her to to reproduce? She had, yeah. Lori was. She's always been really special. You know, you asked me earlier what was my favorite, <laughs> and I get to talking about her and thinking about her and. You know, you get to reminiscing on some old hunts and mm-hmm. the past and stuff. And she's getting older, you know, now. Right. And it seems like every time I go out there, you know, I think it just seems like it was just yesterday. She was two or three years old and I was out here going here and putting a snap on her mm-hmm. and taking her to the hunts. And so I kind of, I miss, I miss taking her, you yeah. know. Um, a lot of these dogs that went back to Rosie that that Russ had bred different, you know, he never bred the same stud dog twice uh, mm-hmm. to Rosie, and she reproduced on about everything he bred her to. But they were really independent, huge mouths. They were hard going, stay put mm-hmm. tree dogs. You know, they just they didn't come back. They just when you cut them loose, they didn't they didn't have no reverse. And I wasn't necessarily at the time sold on the dead loner thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd never really had that type of dog. 
you know, prior to that. Right. And, uh, but when I got to hunting her and putting her some hunts, I was, seemed like I was always taking a third, second or third strike and she was off by herself and I'd go in there and find a coon and, and, um, I got, I thought this is pretty nice, you know, yeah, I, like, yeah. I like this and, and she was, she was pretty good at it. And, um, when you cut four dogs, you know, she was the type of dog that would always kind of, she was a hard going dog, but she was. She would, it was almost like she was just too smart. You know, she'd just let them dogs blow out and she'd kind of prance off. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, you know, I'd see her stop, look back my way and then dart off in the brush, you know. And she was a, funny thing about her was she was a left-handed hunting type dog. So I knew most of the time she was going to go left-handed. Yeah. So I could cut her a different, you know, point her a certain way. And if I wanted her to go north, you know, you yeah. kind of might want to send her east if you want her to go north because she's going to go left-handed. Yeah. I, I talk to people, all, you know, all the time, and, and people that don't coon hunt, they, they don't understand the relationship you build with a hound in the woods to the point of, just like you said, you knew when you cut her loose, she's usually going to go left-handed. And, and, and it just when you tell people that type of thing, it just blows their mind that, well, how do you know that dog's going to go left-handed? Well, I've been out here with them for 5,000 nights or whatever, yeah. know, hunting them. So. She actually had a, also one thing that was kind of unique about her was her locate. She she would um, – I, I drew a, a guy a time or two back years ago and would try to pitch a dog on you, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was pretty good about – getting a guy that knew what kind of dog he had and if she was off over here and he thought his dog was going over there she she had she had the right locate which a lot of them do but she had the right locate and she had the locates like you better not trigger on this one you know mm-hmm. and uh the locate that sounded the best was just one big long dying ball that was just you'd go wow boy she's got a beautiful locate and all that you better not trigger on that one big yeah. old dying long ball because yeah. she may not stay there. Yeah. And I've I've had guys that would would tree a dog right, you know. And oh would, yeah. And it and that I've had that happen before, and and her move on and made it kind of comical yeah. sometimes actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got one at the house that he's got a beautiful locate, but you better not hope you don't hear that one in the woods because it ain't a coon. <laughs> <laughs> better not hook him on that it, one. Yeah. No. No. Okay. So. Uh, at, you still got Lori today. And how old is she today? Twelve model. Okay. And you've had some puppies out of her. She can't have puppies anymore. So she had. I've had a, a few big litters out of her, and uh-huh. then she, and then then I got, and then I had like her third or maybe third or fourth litter. I started having trouble. She was having pups, was getting hung and stuff like that. Okay. And she was just having trouble having pups. From Lori, where where do we go from there? I hunted her and finished her out, I guess, in UKC. Yeah, I made her. Yeah, I made her a grand night pretty quick, and then I got her qualified um, three times the world hunt. Okay, I've had her for a long time, so I got a lot of history with her. Yeah, uh, and a lot of stories, but you may not want to hear all yeah, of them. Go ahead. But, but she, uh, I qualified her three times, and I didn't advance to the top one hundred. So I'm gonna keep trying. I'm gonna keep trying. You know, I had some bad breaks at the zones and this and that, and uh, and in 2018. Um, we made it through the top 100, and um, that was a big, big deal for me. I've always wanted to do that. Yeah. And um, but then once you do, you, I don't know. I just I, I thought you know if I I thought I had a good chance of of doing it and pulling it off, and you know you get sometimes you'll get close and fall apart. Things won't happen. You know you don't catch a break or right. whatever it might be, and uh, and things just worked out where she made it, and it's like wow. I've, I've always wanted to do this, you know. Mm-hmm. This has always kind of been a dream to make the top 100. You've heard of other people doing it or, you know, whatever. So you, I would, I thought, well, I made a top 100 now. I need to focus on 
I just need to go up there and I just need to win my cast. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to make this top 25 or 24 is actually really what it was at that year. But we had some health struggles prior to the world hunt at the zones uh, the day prior to leaving for the zones. Uh, I went out there to get her and she was carrying a leg. Oh my goodness. And um, she, I, I just debated. I was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to get to go to the zones, you know, and not going to be able to get to hunt here. And um, she limping around a little bit. So I soaked her feet. I soaked her foot in some Epsom salt. I thought, oh, I'm just going to load her up and take her. It, it was in, I think it was in Vanita then, if I remember right. I thought, well, if I get over there and unload her, you know, if she ain't any better, I just won't hunt. But I've got to go, you know, I've got to. I got to make the trip. Mm-hmm. And I unloaded her, and she acted like that she didn't even have a bad foot on her no more. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I was pretty excited. So we made it through the zones, and um, next was the world hunt, and it was in uh, Mount Gilead, Ohio, and it was going to be a pretty long drive for me. And she, Lori don't haul very good, so I thought, you know, I'm going to forget what day it was. I'm going to leave on Tuesday, whatever. I'm going to get up there for sure to try to get up there a full day in advance. Right. And, uh, but while I was at the zones, um, her eyes had swollen shut. She got some soybean oh and my she, goodness. yeah, she was in, she was in a mess and, uh, she didn't feel good. And I mean, you could tell that she just really didn't feel good yeah. and her eyes was basically swollen shut. Both of them. I thought this is a bad time for you to have your eyes swollen shut. I'm fixing to go to the world hunt. You don't even know what you've done. You know, you don't even know what you've accomplished. And I'm so excited, you know. And anyways, my wife made a few phone calls and actually she'd called Russ. He's kind of, we always kind of like to call him our hometown vet, uh-huh. you know, that just isn't on paper. He's a vet, but he's, right. he, he always, I tell a funny when he's, he always, I always ask him, how do you learn how did you learn all this or how did you know that or whatever? And he said, well, if you've had as much stuff die as I have, he said, <laughs> over the years, he said, you just learned. Yeah. You just learned. But anyways, he said, I know what she needs, but I probably don't have any, I don't have any of it and you may not either. And anyways, I'd cleaned her eyes out and all kinds of stuff, but all kinds of different things in it and uh, trying to get her to feel better. And, and uh, we got her some prednisone and that helped a lot and uh, got the swelling down. So I was packed and ready to go up there, you know. Yeah. And go out there, and you have a dog with their eyes swelled shut. She just don't act like it. And it's like, golly, what is going on? You know, this getting the got the wind jerked out of my cell there. But I went out there the next morning, and I thought, you know, if she's better, obviously I'm going to load and go here. But I'm not going to be able to get out there as quick as I as early as I was wanting to for her to get settled in. And my wife's she's pretty encouraging, and um, she said, oh, everything's going to be all right, and we just need to pray about this too and so we had prayed about lori healing up and i went out there the next morning and she had one eye completely open and she was a blink in the other one and i thought well this is good enough yeah you know oh yeah we're going to we're going to ohio yeah and i got all excited and so we headed ohio so you didn't get to get out there though the day ahead of time i did not did that affect her performance you think out there it it well, no, it actually didn't. It was, you know, when things are meant to be, it's just meant, right. you know, when things are meant to be, it just, it happens. And I guess it was just meant to be. But when I got out there, she acted pretty good, actually. I'd give her another round of prednisone, which I'm sure that probably helped her a lot, make her feel better. But but she, it really didn't affect her when we got up there. there. Every dog up here is ready. These handlers are ready. I wasn't mentally. I just didn't have, I was just like, man, we don't, we ain't, we're not ready. Right. You know, 
Right. And I've come all the way up here, and she's just not 100%. She, that's what it was. She just wasn't 100%. Right. I knew she wasn't 100%. And, uh, but she proved me wrong. I mean, she, we made it through round one. I drew three really good dogs. I uh, drew one one dog that a lot of people, I think, had picked to make the top 20 and maybe even the final four. The thing about going from here to parts of the country like that up there, I mean, that's you're going to hunt soybean or corn, mostly corn. Mm-hmm. And um, we don't have a sprig of corn down here unless you throw it out of the sack. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, she's not used to hunting cornfields, and she never was very good at hunting cornfields either, and she did not know how to hunt them. Back to like what I said earlier about it being meant to be. It was just meant to be for her to to win. I mean, she she acted like I had hunted her in them cornfields her whole life. Wow! And uh, she really done good. And we ended up winning that cast. Actually, a gentleman on that cast found my coon on the last tree. She was off by herself. It was it was a really a good feeling. Yeah. Oh, I bet. And then we had to come back, and they don't do that now make you hunt and tree your own coon by yourself but uh, we had to go back out tree a coon by herself and she she done that and then it was on to the next day you know yeah i guess it was just meant to be for me to advance that far her wheels fell, <laughs> fell off of her the next day oh, okay she went back to um i'll tell you what she she was always she would miss she wasn't a really super super what i would call a super accurate dog you know she would miss every now and again but I can tell you this from the first, when I got her qualified at the RQE, from the RQE to hunting in between mm-hmm. to the zones and then to the world, that round three on that first tree that she made on round three, it wasn't good. <laughs> it was a, it was a dead snag that had Virginia creeper growing around it. And it was as slick as a telephone pole. And that was, it was, it was awful. You know, it was embarrassing too. And because yeah. <laughs> you make it to round three and it's like, you get struck in, you get treed off over here by yourself. Actually, she had a dog cover her on that, recut off of that. And she went and got in a, I don't know how many hundreds of acre cornfield and I'm and stayed in it, literally mm. stayed in that cornfield. And I'm walking around with these guys scoring coons. And it's like, this ain't even the same as as the day before <laughs> yeah what's yeah. going on you know this yeah. is this the same dog and i was aggravated you know that whole time walking around oh, yeah. and shining and finding these guys coons and knowing that she's capable of you know there's coons here and she ain't getting under them and she's got over here and got in this cornfield and she just got in that cornfield and it just fell apart yeah. and uh and we got beat and but as i was walking around i was thinking the whole time i thought you know i just need to be thankful that I made it this far. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of guys that didn't make it this far. That's true. And um, I just kind of had to change my mindset. But I'll tell you what, I had losing makes me want want it even more. Yeah, it, oh yeah. And um, and I thought I'm coming back. I'm gonna be back. I'm gonna do. I'm I'm gonna come back, and I'm gonna try to go farther than this. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes you want to go back even more. Yeah, yeah. I, Nobody I, likes to lose, but yeah, well, it does something to different you know it does something to some people yeah well i'm very i'm very competitive myself and it's definitely frustrating when you're out there and you're not winning um it's one thing not to win you know if your dog ain't performing it's another thing when it's neck and neck and you you just get beat i mean it it is what it is when you get beat but when the dog you know can go out there and perform and do better and, and 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 she don't go out there and perform or he don't go out there and perform it's uh it definitely makes it tough for sure. It does. Uh, it does. Because you know they're a much better dog than that. Okay, so Lori there, what 
she was how was her pups what was she got on the ground what happened was was she had uh i had two litters i think she had 11 in the first litter 12 in the second litter bred her to john the baptist dog a few dogs out of that that you know they probably treed some coons but they wasn't nothing spectacular and then mm-hmm. bred her to the super scoop dog after that i think there was 11 or i can't remember exactly it's been quite a while back right. There's a few dogs out of that that panned out. Nothing, nothing exceptional, you know. Yeah. You know, unless I don't know if they didn't get a chance or, you know what. But you asked earlier about, you know, she can't have pups anymore because I had some trouble with. um, I bred her to um, Russ and Colton owns the little bighorn dog. I bred her to him, and um, she had there was six of them if I remember right. But I think I had she I had to go get a C-section. Mm-hmm. Two, one of them was hung, and then another one behind that was dead. And we ended up, they ended up saving four mm-hmm. and cut four. And I actually got one of them females right now. And then I sold the Colton got one of them, and then I sold the other two. Mm-hmm. Was you hunting another dog at the same time, or did was you did you have another dog you was working on while, while yeah working after Lori on? yeah yeah this would this would have to be my star female. Mm-hmm. So Freddie Wells in Oklahoma, um, I was talking dogs with him. I don't remember why I'd called him or what what the deal was, and he had mentioned to me that he said, "Hey, I'm gonna be using some uh, Wilcox Thunder Bingo semen uh, on one of my females, his dual grand Tree Rock and Nelly female." And uh, I'm sitting there when he said that, I thought, "Oh my gosh, I didn't even know he had any semen out of Bingo," and mm. you know. And I said, "Really? Yeah, really?" And he said, "Yeah." I said, "Well, what's the chances of me getting one of them?" And I figured he probably already had, you know, had told a few people and had the litter spoken for and, and all that. So I, he said, "I, you know, asked him, said, what's the chance of getting one?'" He said, "Oh, he said it, there's a good chance." And uh, he said, I, not very many people know I'm going to make this cross. And I said, how much you want for him? And what are you going to ask for him? He told me, I said, I'm mailing you a check tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, I was excited. And I, I mean, I didn't think I'd have a chance to get one of them pups. And uh, so I wasn't going to mess around. I told my wife, I said, I'm mailing him. I'm mailing him for that dog, yeah. for that pup. I wasn't messing around. So I jumped yeah. on that pretty quick. Yeah. Sometimes you have to make a move. <laughs> yeah. So I was pretty excited. So that out of that cross come your star female? That you have? It is. Yeah. She was out of, she's out of uh, Wilcox Thunder Bingo and the Tree Rock and Nelly female that Freddie had. That's okay. what he used that semen on. So she had, um, I think there were six of them. Mm-hmm. I actually, them things were about two weeks old. I had, uh, I was, let's see, the zone quarterfinals was in, uh, I believe it was in Oklahoma. And so I thought, I'm going to drive through there and I'm going to go by and see this litter. Mm-hmm. I was dying to get my hands on them things. And I went by there and looked at them. They was two or three weeks old and... I didn't have first pick. I think I had third or fourth pick or something. And uh, looked at several of them. I thought, this one here is the one I like the best, you know, but I'm sure somebody will pick it, you know. Right. And there was only one male in that litter. There was five females and one male. That's what there was, was six total. And uh, so anyways, when it come time to uh, pick her up, um, I drove out there, and a couple of the guys had come and picked theirs, and Freddie kept the lone male in that litter. Mm-hmm. And um, I saw this little female, and I thought, that's the one I want. So I I called to her and kind of eased my way over to her. He had a big area to turn him loose and let him run loose. And um, she didn't want not want nothing to do with me. I would kind of ease toward her, and she'd run away. Mm-hmm. And I'd kind of go to try. I was wanting to get my hands on her. I was wanting to pick her up, you know. I just There was just something about her I liked. I liked the way she was acting. She kind of stayed away from them other pups, and, and I liked her looks. And I don't know. She just... 
I don't, she was just the one, and uh, I could not get my hands on her. Funny story here. She had he had a car sitting over there, an old car. She ran under that car on me mm-hmm. and hid. And I thought, what am I doing chasing down this? <laughs> I was what I was doing was I was picturing myself in the middle of the night somewhere over here in the middle of nowhere, right? Trying to catch her at seven or eight months old running under a vehicle. Yeah. Now, if you've coon in long enough, you ever had a a hound run under a vehicle on you and hide from you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Aggravating. But yeah. anyways, she ran into that car, and so I had to dig her out. And I drug her out. I got her coaxed over there close enough to me. I drug her out from under that car. And, and I actually called her us, and I said, what do you think I ought to do? <laughs> I said, am I messing up? I've had to run this pup down. He said, I know how you are. I said, if you put her down and you get a different one, he said, you're going to you're gonna bring that up and you're going to gripe about that forever. You know, just get her and get out of there. Mm-hmm. And she'll warm up to you, you know. And I thought, yeah, he's right. She'll warm up to me. And I, I just had my heart set on her. So anyway, so I always like to try to think of a name, name my pup before I ever get it or before they're born. Or, you know, like if I got a litter coming up, I'm like, I want a good name. You know, I like, I, want, I like unique names. And I was wanting to think of a good name for her. And I couldn't come up with no name. And so I got her and I'm going down the road and I called my wife i said i've got her in the back and i went ahead and she goes well did you get the one that was running i said yeah i got her i've got her i said she don't want nothing to do with me and you know we laughed (laughs) we laughed about it and uh we're going down the road i'm going down the road and i've i've got her in the back and it's storming and raining real it's just a bad storm and and i asked my wife i said if you think of something you know to name her you know i want bingo in the name and i just don't know what to call her small town you know i want to call her small town something bingo mm-hmm. and so she'd call me back and she goes i've got it i've got the perfect name i said what's that and she goes call her star mm. and she goes that's the f- free space on a bingo card that allows you to win oh okay and i was like oh you're genius yeah well <laughs> m- most of i know my wife way smarter than I am, yeah yeah so. <laughs> well mine for sure is yeah and if you ask anybody around that knows me or her they'll tell you the same thing that yeah. she is so so yeah i said I'll, i said all right well i'll think about that and i'm, I'm driving down the road now i'm i'm not making this is i'm driving down the road and i get behind a tanker on i-44 and uh, on the other side between here and Tulsa I don't even realize that I'm behind it and what I'm looking at for the longest time I'm just I don't know what if I'm thinking about what I'm gonna name this pup or I'm stressed out about this driving around all these semis and it's I'm in our car and uh and there's this tanker behind us and it says star petroleum on the back of it okay yeah and I was like this is a sign yeah I'm gonna name her star yeah what's the chances of me pulling up behind this and I'd been following this tanker for a little while you know so that's that's how I came up with her name okay so so where where where'd you go from there with, with hers? So I got a phone call. Um, she was about four to five months old, um, and I got a phone call from Freddie, and he said, "How's Star doing? Is she healthy?" I said, "Yeah, yeah." He said, "Well, is she eating good." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, she's eating good, drinking good, yeah, yeah." I said, "What's going on? Why? What's what's up?" He said, "Well, he said there's one of the pups in that litter's died, and another one's really really sick, and these dogs kind of was strung out across the different parts of the country." And he goes, "Nobody knows what's really going on, but these things are dying and not eating and not drinking, and and they're kind of dying." And and he said, "Actually, he kept a male and a female, and he's I think it was the female maybe that." He'd have to maybe correct us on this, but I think the female got sick first. And he said, my female's sick. I got her at the vet right now. Hmm. And I'm like, 
wow, this is bizarre, you know. So anyways, he, uh, I said, well, he said, keep an eye on her. And I said, okay, I will. She's, she's doing good though, you know. Get another call from him and he'd said his female died and the male dog's sick. Hmm. Got him at the vet. How's Star? Is she good? You ain't, no, yeah. I said, she's good. Everything's fine. So anyways, long story short, she, he lost his male dog too. And Larry Wilcox actually got one of the pups out of that litter as well. And his had got really bad sick and. And it died. So that left two, my female and um, another female in that litter was alive still at the time. And everything was was fine. Um, and she, I mean, she just never, she never, nothing ever changed. I mean, she never got sick. And so four of them died. But Freddie had ended up, that's what I was going to say, Freddie ended up getting an um, autopsy done on his male. And they said that they had contracted this, I think they call it histoplasmosis. Hmm. Which is a fungal infection. Okay. Which I think comes from like wild bird droppings in their water or their food. And for okay. whatever reason, Star and this other female obviously didn't get into this. Yeah. So it was kind of a miracle. But well, I've, I look at it that way anyways. Yeah. You know, four of the six. Pretty tragic. Especially with a cross like that. Yeah. You know, out of bingo, it was, it was pretty tragic. And I, I know that it was pretty tragic for, uh, for Freddie for sure. He made the cross and he kept two and, you know, he didn't even get anything out of it. Yeah, yeah. So, sure. uh, but yeah, she started showing interest in a coon at about five or some months old or so. And I typically don't start, I don't take, a, you know, I don't get too excited about five and six month old pups. And a lot of people like them pups to start at four and five months old. And I've just not been used to dogs starting that early, right. you know, and then just taking off with them and, you know, having a grand night at 12 months old. Right. And I've never had a grand night at 12 months old. I don't care if. I don't care to have a grand night at 12 months old. Right. I don't care about that. That don't mean nothing to me. But um, but I thought, well, I'm going to let her tag along and take her with Lori. And uh, actually, um, my my brother, Mike uh, Massey, he said, let's go. It was on Christmas night. And he goes, let's go coon hunting and let's take our wives, And which they usually don't ever go with us, you know. And I said, he said, have you ever coon hunted on Christmas? I said, no. He goes, let's just go coon hunting on Christmas night. We ain't got nothing going on. I said, just to say we did. I said, yeah. all right, well, let's go. And so I... I was going to take Star, and my wife said, are you not going to... So I, yeah, I, was, I did take her, and I said, my wife said, are you going to put a tracking collar on her? And I said, that dog don't need no tracking collar on her. She ain't going to... She probably won't even go nowhere, mm-hmm. you know? She'll probably just walk around with us, and that's fine. And so she said, I think you ought to put a tracking collar on her. And, of course, she's right again on that, <laughs> so I'm glad I did. I said, all right, I'll put a tracking collar on her if it makes you happy. So I put a tracking collar on her, and anyways, I, we sent them off into this big down this big holler this old road bed and it runs off into a bunch of big mature timber and um you know like a lot of times when you cut a pup with an older dog or something you don't expect that thing just to disappear in the dark out of your light not see him again and i just thought well she'll run down there 50 yards or whatever and then turn around and come back she'll be with us till lori gets treed never saw her got my garment out and looked and lori had struck a coon and was running it up the holler and i looked on there and she was you know, 300, 350, 400, and Lori was there. She was right with her, stayed with her the whole time. And that may not be a big deal to a lot of people. A lot of people may have dogs do that all the time, you know, but right. but I don't. I just don't expect it. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't mean, you know, no big deal if it don't happen. Um, but she, from that day on, from every time I ever took her and cut her, that dog never comes back wow. from that day on. I never cut that dog one time after that and her run 100 yards out of our light and then come back to me and just mill around with us, you know. She just, she was gone, and you know. Yeah. She was at the tree. We'd, Lori had treated den tree. Star was there. She wasn't, 
she was milling around the tree. She wasn't barking tree or nothing, but she was there when we got there. She followed her the whole way. Yeah. So I started her with with Lori and uh, was hunting. Started hunting with her off and on just a little bit. It was um, oh, I think it was maybe that spring. She blew up and located off over here a little bit away from Lori and fell tree. And I thought, oh my gosh, she split tree by herself over there. And you know, that's a moment that we all wait. Yeah, for sure. Wait on happening when that happens, and because she was running and treeing with Lori and stuff, mm-hmm. and um, knocked some coons out to her and and stuff. Or you know, prior to that, but she got split treed, and I about rolled my ankle running to her. I was, I was trying to get to her as quick as I could. Yeah. I was wanting to get to her, you know. And she had a coon, and Lori had a coon. And um, from then on, I thought, well, I'm going to just start hunting her by herself. Mm-hmm. And um, and I had hunted her a little bit by herself prior to that. Uh, she wasn't doing anything consistent, you know, by herself. But from then on, I was like, all right, I'm going to, she's splitting like this and holding pressure from this far apart, you know, Yeah. which they was pretty close, not far, but so I just started hunting her by herself and yeah. she just, she just took off. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty good. And you, uh, you've competition hunted her. Yeah. So I, I started putting her in a few hunts and, um, actually I don't think I put her in any hunts prior to. No, I, I don't think I'd put her in any hunts yet. So you this this dog you said you sold her. So yeah, so what I done was was I was excited, you know, and um a lot of guys would put videos of their dogs treeing on Facebook and right, stuff like that. Right. So I started posting a few videos ever treed and, and making some posts and stuff and I wasn't trying to sell her. I was just excited my dog was doing something good and I you know, she was special to me and I was just sharing her with everybody mm-hmm. and um posting her on there a little bit and that was probably my biggest mistake. <laughs> I probably shouldn't do that or shouldn't have done it. But so I got this phone call. Brad McDaniel uh, from Georgia had contacted me and he said, hey, I've been seeing some of your videos and tell me a little bit about your star female. And I was like, well, what do you want to know? And and I said, then I was like, well, why do you want to know this anyways? You know? <laughs> he said, well, I ain't going to lie. I'm going to beat around the bush. I'm interested in buying her. I said, oh, she's not for sale. I'm not trying to, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to sell her. Mm-hmm. He goes, well, tell me a little bit about her. And and I said, well, Brad, she's just young. I said, she's just now starting, you know. She ain't finished. She's just a started dog. And, mm-hmm. you know, I like what I'm seeing. I'm just I'm just hunting her. I'm just in the process of making trying to make a dog out of her. And right. um, he said, well, I want to buy her. I said, well, she's not for sale. And he said, well, everything can be bought. And I said, well, that's true. Everything can be bought. But, you know, I'm not – I really am not trying to sell her. I, I said, you saw that big – brand on her hip that s on her hip and he said yeah i saw that and i said that means that she's staying here she's staying here at my kennel and that s is for star and mm-hmm. small town and then my last name stevens so that's right. why i got the s but i said she's she's staying here she's gonna die here and we talked a little bit and he said well i'll i'll call you back in a few days I said, that's fine you can call me back we'll talk dogs i said but i'm not you know she's not for sale and then the next thing i get a text and then he calls and then it's a text and then a call and then a text and one thing after another and and he wanted me to price her and i said i'm not she's not for sale i'm not pricing her she's not for sale and he made me an offer and i said no i'm not you know i appreciate you wanting to buy her and all you know i said i appreciate your interest in her but i'm just i don't want to sell her and so Another phone call, another text, and asking more questions and wanting more videos. And I was honest with him. You know, I told him, I said, this is what she'll do. This is what she won't do. This is what I like about her. This is what I don't like about her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not trying to sell her. You know, I'm just answering these questions. And, and he finally, each time his offer just kept getting higher and higher. And I thought, this guy's crazy. <laughs> 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 and Brad's listening. I love you, Brad. But 
but I thought this guy's crazy, you know. And and I told my wife, and she said, "Look, she goes, you do whatever you want to do. These dogs are yours, and this is your passion. This is your thing, and you do whatever you want to do." And uh, so he finally broke me down, and I said, "Look, I said I'd have to have a pup off of her." He goes, "That's fine. That's fine. What do you?" And you know, he had bought the crow dog off of Seth Ish, and I said, "Are you going to breed her to crow?" I want to know what I'm going to get a pup out of. He said, are you going to breed her to crow? And he said, yeah, I want to breed her to crow. And so we made a deal and uh, I had her in, I actually had her entered up for Autumn Oaks. Okay. I delivered her up there. Brad's a good guy. He really is. And he said, look, I want to pay for your trip. And I said, nah, you can pay for my trip. He goes, yeah, if you're going to bring her up there, I'm going to, I'm going to pay for your trip. And, and so he gave me some extra and he didn't have to do that, but, but he did. And I sold her, um, for a very large amount of money. And I'd never done that before yeah. besides selling Grace, and which I regretted. Ironically, Grace and Star almost were an identical. They looked like litter mate sisters, yeah. which was kind of kind of neat. And so I thought, you know, I'll never get rid of Star. You know, she's making a dog for me, and, and she's bred out of this world. And right. So um, I met one of his dog handlers up there and, and sold her, and, uh, you know, he took her from me. And they didn't hunt her in Autumn Oaks, and after I'd— sold her you know i thought man i i messed up yeah and uh you know i know there's a lot of guys out there probably that's listening that sold dogs and uh my wife said you know if you can live with not having her that's fine and you know if you think you can live with not having her here then then sell her it's your thing you know your deal and i thought well i can for this kind of money i can live with her not being here yeah. <laughs> and i and i tried to find me a replacement and i couldn't find me a replacement nobody want you know the dogs that good dogs out there ain't for sale Mm-hmm. So I was having a hard time finding a replacement. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I it was actually probably a good thing that he bought her from me. Um, he owned her for probably eleven or twelve months. I ended up getting her back, which was was a miracle in itself. I never expected that to happen. But uh, you want me to go ahead and you want me to yeah, tell the story yeah, about go, how that happened? Yeah, go ahead. Um, he bred her to crow and um, had the pups, and I was. I was going to get pick of the litter. I just want, I, and I, I'd kept up with him on her. I'd, we stayed in contact, and I'd ask him how she was doing and this and that. And I don't think that they, he'd hunted her a lot. And I think his main thing was he was wanting to get her bred, mm-hmm. didn't want nothing to happen to her. Wanted to get her bred, have pups out of her and crow, which was going to be a good cross. And so he thought, and I did too. And it was a great move. And um, she had the pups, and one day I just sent him a text out of the blue, and I said, um, are you ready to sell me my dog back? He texted me back and he said, it's funny that you just asked me this. I'll get back with you. I I just had to recover her. We about had a bad accident. I said, all right, yeah, give me a call. Now, the whole time I, was, I didn't know, you know, I was thinking, what's he talking about? Yeah. How, how, old, how old was she at this time? She wasn't two. Okay. She wasn't two yet. So it would have been her, I want to say this would have been her second time coming in heat. Okay. That he, he was going to breed her to crow. So so he he calls me. I said, what's going on? What happened? He said, man, she, he said, I took her down here. He's got a sporting goods store. And he said, I had her tied up down here at the store. I don't know what he was doing with her down there. But he said, I had her tied up and she broke the snap or something happened. She got loose and went down a county road to next to the county road, whatever, and then crossed a really, really busy highway and got treed on a den tree on the other side of this. I can't remember if it was a four lane or two lane, real busy two lane highway, mm-hmm. but a big, busy highway down there. And he said, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. And I said, well, did she have a, have a coon? And he's, 
Well, I didn't look for no coon. I just want to get my hands on her. And, uh, but anyways, this is the middle of the day. But anyways, so I don't know if it was a coon or a squirrel or what it was, to be honest yeah. with you, what she was treated on. But she was treated, and he got his hands on her, which was a miracle in itself. And he said, well, I might be interested in selling her, you know, I might be interested in selling her back to you. This was after she had had the, she, she'd had the pups. So he, he said, well, you know, he said, I might be interested in selling her back to you. And um, um, the pups were either weaned or close to it mm. i think he maybe he had weaned him off or something i was gonna have to pick a pup and uh i thought well i'm gonna have to pick a pup from a picture and then i'm gonna have to make a trip to george or i'm gonna have to get a dog holler and uh he said are you serious about wanting to buy her back and and i said yeah but i can't afford her you know i, I can't afford to buy her back and you're you know because he paid a lot for her and i knew he was probably gonna want a lot for her anyways we we talked back and forth <laughs> again texting and talking back and forth a bunch and and i thought just for the simple fact that he's I've got an opportunity to get her back. I thought, I'm going to try to get her back. I, I can't find a dog, you know, to buy. Right. And I didn't have anything young to hunt and train and get going on my own again. And um, so we come to an agreement, and um, I forfeited getting a pup. And I don't know if he kept that pup or sold that pup. And I got an opportunity to get her back. She just kind of picked back up where we left off. I just got her back, got to hunting her again. Yeah. Got her back in shape. And um, I finished her to a show champion. I made her a grand night and just a few hunts. The best win that I'd had with her, I hunted her and just all, you know, I just didn't save her and hold her for every big hunt there was, you know. Right. I hunted her in any hunt I could hunt her in. But in 2019, I placed second with her at the Winter Classic, which was, was, a, good, was yeah. a good deal. Yeah. I was pretty excited about that. And then I qualified her for a tournament of champions in 2021. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I wasn't able to make that she was pregnant so i wasn't able to take her out take her to that one yeah. so but she's pretty valuable to me and and um but i think she's probably just as valuable to our breed as much as she is to me to be honest with you yeah she's she's a definitely a good looking hound for thank sure. you i appreciate I it she's she's really nice looking dog she's a grand i think she's the only grand knight directly out of bingo out there right now i don't think there's a living grand knight out of bingo at this time mm-hmm. but there ain't very many bingo pups out there either so yeah so uh getting her back getting her winning second at winter classic and getting her qualified for toc where where did you go next do you continue to hunt her or do you have something another prospect I, come up that you could start yeah with? i kind of she was so valuable to me that i i just got she's such a hard going female she don't come back. She's going to get treed. And, and you know where we live down here in this country. And, mm. and we have do have a few caves. And, you know, when you turn one loose, it don't matter where you turn loose at. I mean, there's always there's always a chance you're taking when you turn a dog loose. Yeah. You know, they could end up in a cave around here or, you know, get run over or whatever. And I never was like that before. But since I'd granted her and I knew that how she was bred and, and I wanted to breed her to certain dogs and I had just these different ideas and thoughts of what I might breed her to and I just need to get something off of her to hunt, you know, Yeah. just to promote my kennel and just to have something off of her and kind of have my own stuff, try to get my own stuff off of her, you know. Yeah. What what dogs did you, did you end up with a puppy out of her? After you got her back, did you breed her at that point and, and end up with a... With, with any dogs out of her or yeah i bred her to um after i made her a grand night um i bred her to i think the dog i bred her to was uh postel's totally awesome semen okay and she had 13 pups i give away several of them and kept a few for myself and sold a few and there is um there's a dog or two down south that's out of that cross i don't know how old those 
pups would be but there there's a few of them that's going to title out for sure mm. that i've been getting some reports on i've lost track I and mean, there was 13 of them i've lost track with a lot of them right, right i haven't had any for myself i didn't have any of them that turned out okay the crow uh that was the thing that i was going to say all ago when brad getting his hands on her and breeding her the pup out of of that cross just this past year won southern english days okay and then there's another dog. I think that dog's been granted and maybe have some PKC money one. I'm not sure how much or anything. So, But then there's another dog in uh, Louisiana. He's a night champion dog, won a little bit of money on in PKC. He's got a crow. So Brad getting her and, and all that was really a plus. Yeah. You know, looking back on it now, I'm glad that it happened the way it did. I mean, I'm glad I got her back. Yeah. But I probably, if, you know, if I'd had her, I probably wouldn't have bred her to crow. Yeah. At that time. Seemed to be a pretty good cross, though. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's turning out that there are several of them in there that, you know, that didn't make much, but there's also a few of them that did, which that's like with any cross. I mean, most crosses don't work. So I bred her to, um, uh, not this last time, but the time before last, I bred her to uh, Hard Time Red Cloud, Mm -hmm. uh, which was a Grand Night dog. He's been dead a while. He was out of Hard Time Rocky and, and a female that Richard Moore had named Moore's Dolly. She had six in that litter. I kept a female out of that cross that I'm currently... They're, those are about a year old right now. Kind of, she's lightly started. I've been taking her a little bit. I've She's got a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of good things I like out of her, but she's just not quite at that point yet. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one that's down south that started pretty early that's really a cranking good from what I've told been told. So um, I think that was a decent cross. I'm really, really looking forward to this female out of the hard time red cloud and star cross that I kept. She looks just like her mama mm-hmm. and um, she's got a huge mouth and she just, she's got a lot of drive and, and she's got a, she look she just looks good. She's just a looker, you know? Yeah. And um, looks like a hound, sounds like a hound. So I'm really looking forward to her making something for me. She may not, I, I don't know, you know, but, and then I bred her to um, the most recent one was I bred her to top gun semen from Larry Wilcox, and she had three in that litter. Larry found out that I was going to make that cross, and he was actually the first guy to call me, and he said, i got to have one of these, and give me your address. So Larry drove from Michigan down here and got one. He got, there was a two females and a male. She just had three. Larry acted like he wanted a female. You know, Larry's always has had a lot of good stud dogs over the years, yeah. and it almost appears that he's been a male dog man, you know, but he drove from Michigan down here and acted like he was going to pick a female and he come down and picked the only male in the litter. <laughs> mm. I wasn't really surprised. I was more surprised that he was going to get a female. Right. And he said, well, I'm going to take the male. And I said, I picked the, f- I had, I picked first, you know, and I said, I said, I must've been going to get the female that you wanted. <laughs> I kind of teased him, but. He said, oh, I like, no, not really. I just really, this male growed on me, you know. I had a few guys said, he's going to pick a female. I bet he picks a male. I bet he picks that male. Why wouldn't he pick that male, you know? And that male was a big, houndy, good-looking little pup. Yeah. But I got to meet Larry, and Larry come down here. That was an honor for him to drive all the way down here. That meant a lot to me for Larry to drive from Michigan, you know. And as a younger guy, I'd always look at all of Larry's ads and the magazines yeah. and all that. And, you know, and it's like, I can't believe Larry's coming down here to my house, you know. Yeah. It was, pre- it was pretty neat. It was 
Yeah. It was great. I guess speaking of of the magazines and seeing dogs in the magazine, that's that's before this podcast come to fruition. That's that's kind of how I got in contact with you. Is my son has showed a dog over here at y'all's club, and I didn't really know about you and and the next dog we're going to talk about. But um, I ended up with this uh, English female at the house that me and my daughter have together, and. We were wanting a breeder, and I was wanting a breeder to a blue male, and just so happened I got the bloodline in that month, and there's this blue English male dog on the front cover, and then I go to read about the story and find out this guy don't live but right down the road from me. This is the dog <laughs> I, I need to uh, to breed to, and so I think we've text, uh, I text you about breeding to him and kind of talked a little bit, and then, then we were able to get together to do this, and uh, so... Uh, got us together uh where, where did uh where did loner come from and the kind of the the whole story there on him so i trying to figure out how i was gonna i was gonna i was just thinking what can i breed Lori to and you know to have the just to have the try to get the perfect cross and you know everybody's trying to want just always trying to think of what they could breed a dog to to mm-hmm create the perfect litter and you know or get a high percentage of them you know you're not going to create a perfect litter but and and i knew i wanted something out of her and she was getting you know getting older and this and that and of course Lori was always special to me and the traits that she has you know i desire those traits and, and i just thought a lot about it and uh my cousin russ which i spoke talked about earlier you know he had the rosy female and he bred rosy uh to the cabin creek rowdy dog that david Minson. Mm-hmm. from oklahoma had that cross was really exceptional that I, I don't remember how many of them dogs titled out of that cross but i do know this i got the runt female out of that litter and i think that she might have been <laughs> she might have been the only pup in that litter that didn't make anything <laughs> yeah yeah so i didn't have good luck with it you know but i thought that was such an exceptional cross and Lori is um she's double Back Road Rosie Bread mm-hmm. and Cabin Creek Rowdy. And uh, I thought, man, that would, I need to try to get a hold of David and see what, at the time, well, at the time, I wasn't sure if he had any semen on Rowdy or not. I'd heard that he did. And I knew that none had ever been used. And I thought, well, this would just be, you know, if we could pull this off, if I could get some, you know, I was going to try to buy some semen from him. He didn't want to sell any of it. And he said, well, I, you know, tell me about your female. And one thing led to the next. And I just, I wasn't trying to, I knew I couldn't duplicate Rosie and the Rowdy Cross, which created the Barber Creek Ace male dog. That dog was a coon dog. Mm-hmm. And I would be lying if I didn't say that I was trying to create an ace, yeah. you know. Yeah. I, and, you know, I knew that it probably wouldn't happen. But I thought, man, that'd be just unreal if I could, you know, right. if this would happen. And uh, a lot of things got to go into play for that stuff to happen. I mean, the dog's got to have the want to, and you got to put in the time. Right. And um Everything has to line up, obviously, but I'd contacted David, and, and uh, he said, no, he had never used it before, and, you know, I was like, was well, the semen good, and went through all that stuff with him, and he said, well, what are you wanting to use it on, and I told him about Lori, and he said, yeah, I've heard about her, and this and that, what kind of mouth she got, you know, what's her style, and, you know, just asking me several questions, and he said, um, you know, we might do something later on, and, you know, he seemed a little hesitant, and I thought, yeah, this ain't gonna happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't remember if maybe she was getting ready to come in heat and went out. And it, it took a little while. I mean, it just didn't happen overnight. And I'd contact him again. And he said, well, I would like to see her go. You know, I'd like to see her go hunting. 
and before we, you know, if we was decide to do this, so I'm not going to give you an answer over the phone, yes or no. I'd, but I'd like to see her go. Said we need to get together sometime. I said, well, come down, and uh, he came down. And it was in the winter time. It was down here. Mm-hmm. Him and one of his buddies come, and they they come down and brought their dogs, and we went on a hunt. We had a good time, and and uh, Lori put on a show. She got through the country and got treed, and we'd make another turn out. She'd get through the country and get treed, had a coon. Get through the country, get treed, have a coon. Just she just really looked good. And down here, you know, it's funny you tell people, you know, you tree a couple of coon down here at night, and you had a good night, and yeah. people laugh, you know, when you tell them that. And uh, they don't know that until that. And you know, you even mentioned earlier, yeah, oh, where yeah. you came from to here, it's a different ball game. Uh, oh yeah, and and it really is. And and I mean, it ain't that ain't all good and great. I mean, it's just that's the deck that we're dealing. We have to play those cards here. You yeah. know, I live here. I don't have no choice. I either deal with what I've got here and hunt or I just don't coon hunt. Yeah. But she, she did. She looked, she looked like a million dollars and I was excited because I thought, you know, he, this is going to seal the deal. Mm-hmm. He's going to want to do it. Mm-hmm. The funny, this thing about this whole deal was, was we was walking out and before he was getting ready to make another turnout. Well, no, actually it was our last turnout. And David said, I believe your female's coming in heat. And I said, are you serious? And I checked her. I said, boy, she is. She is starting to come in. And the funny thing about, and the reason I tell you that it was meant to be, like even taking her to the world hunt and stuff, is is, uh, about three weeks before Lori would come in heat and about two to three weeks after she went out. I mean, she was just an absolute lunatic. Yeah. I mean, she would just, if you wanted to see her look bad, you'd take her hunting I mean, I knew when she was, I knew, I always keep track of them anyways about when they're going to cycle, but boy, about two or three weeks before she comes in heat, I mean, she just looks silly. I mean, she just can just look so awful. And I could not believe that she was coming in heat and she just put on a performance like she did. Right. And it, it was just, it was just meant to be for that to happen. Dave was like, well, I, you know, I, I want to do this thing. So he had made, agreed to make the cross and, and we had kind of kicked around ideas. Well, how are we going to do this if she has this many pups? And, you know, we had to, I said, well, we need to have it in writing, you know, that way there's no confusion and, you know, you yeah. know what we're, you know what I'm, we're going to do when these pups are born. I know what we're going to do. There ain't nothing that neither one of us are going to forget about. And we're going to know who gets what pick and this and that, what order, and who wants what. So we, uh, we come to an agreement on everything and it was all fine and Danny. And then two months later, tragedy strikes. So she's having trouble. She's due to, you know, we make the cross and, and, uh, I get her artificially bred. She was having trouble having this pup. And, and so I had to rush her to the vet and, um, she had to have a seat. They said, well, they'd done a, a um, x-ray, and they said, you know, she's got a puppy in her. Mm-hmm. And I said, a puppy? And they said, yeah. I'm like, one pup? That's what I was thinking, one puppy. So they do a C-section, and I'm out there in the waiting room, and they come out, and they come carrying this. <laughs> I'll never forget this as long as I live. They they come carrying this little container out, and they said, well, we got, you know, they'd already told me, you know, bad news. And they said, one pup. I was like, well, great, that's bad news. And he comes out, and I said, well, what is it? And and they, the the guy, at the they knew I was a female guy. I've mm-hmm. always been a female guy. He said, well, you're probably not going to be very happy. I'm like, oh, great, more bad news. And he said, it's a male pup. I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a male pup? One pup, and it's a male. I'm like, this thing is going south, you know. And then I he walks over to me, and I look over in there, and I'm like, oh, a blue one? And, you know, a lot of people like blues. and Yeah. I shouldn't care what color they are, really. You know, as long as they tree raccoons and we like them, that's all that matter. But I, I like a dark cherry red tick mm-hmm. or a tricolor. And yeah. and I saw it was blue. I was like, oh, you know. But the good news was, was the pup was alive. Yeah. 
I mean, I was devastated that that thing was not a red tick female. Yeah. I, I was just, you know, I was devastated that it was only one pup. But anyways, I called David and I said, well, I got bad news, you know. Good news and bad news. Bad news is, is we've only got one puppy. And the good news is it's alive and I had to have it cut out. And he said, oh, that ain't good and this and that. And I got to thinking about us agreeing on that, how we was going to do that litter. <laughs> kind of funny thinking about it but now but we we never discussed what we was going to do if she had one pup yeah and because we just didn't didn't expect that we didn't expect it anyways i Lori, she takes you know to the pup obviously and raises it up about five weeks it was we had a little cold stretch of of weather and um he was born on october the 30th mm-hmm. and uh, so we had this little cold snap come through we was out there. I was out there doing feeding and stuff, and checking on animals, and doing normal chores, you know, stuff in the evening. And I heard my wife. She just screamed, just bloody murder out there. I look around the side of the house there, and and here she comes. She's coming through the backyard from the kennel, and she's got this pup in her hands. And I can see this thing looks like a just drowned rat, yeah. and it's just limp. And I'm. I said, "What's going on? What's going on? What's what's what are you? What's going on?" And she goes, "He was." She goes, uh, "I just pulled him out of the bucket of water. I just pulled him out of that bucket of water out there, and it was cold. Yeah, it was them buckets of water. I mean, it wasn't. He should have never made it in that bucket of water. But I, I, I would guess he was just he climbed up the side of that. It was just set up just right where he got his feet in the side of that wire and got up there to the handle of that bucket, and he hoisted himself up in there somehow, and he got in that bucket of water." Mm-hmm. And I don't know how long he had been out there, but if my wife hadn't have... This has a lot to do with his name, how he got his name, but if he hadn't have... Uh, if I, I told my wife, I said, won't you go out there and... I had a heat bulb out there, and I, that's why she went out there. I said, won't you go out there and check that heat, you know, check that heat bulb, make sure everything's good. And she went out there, she found him out there, because okay. we was pretty much done uh, taking care of stuff, and, and it was going to freeze that night. Mm-hmm. It was getting cold. Temperature was dropping. It was getting cold. So we brought him in, and and uh, he was pretty much lifeless, and I was freaking out, and she was freaking out, and I was like, oh, my gosh, it's the only pup in the litter, and brought him inside, and I called the our local unofficial vet. You yeah. know, I called her us. Yeah. <laughs> said, you're not going to believe what happened. I said, Melanie just pulled this, you know, this pup out of the bucket of water, and he's lifeless, and, you know, what I need to he's, you know, and I was just freaking out. I knew I had to get the pup dry, and I knew I needed to do this, but just in the moment, I just, you know, I just lost my mind, and... I was just upset and just didn't know what to do and freaking out. And he said, you got to get it dry. You got to get it dry and, you know, get it. You just going to have to get the pup dry and get him warm. So we started to do that and it just wasn't seeming like it was helping too good. And I called a few vets and this was on a Sunday afternoon and I couldn't get anybody to answer anywhere. And my wife ended up calling and I was, you know, messing with him, trying to, you know, just rubbing around on him and had a hair dryer on low on him, trying to get him dried off, trying to get him warmed up and moving him around, you know, and, and, um, listening. I didn't think he had any water in his lungs or he didn't sound like it, you know. So she left a voicemail with one of the vets and they called back pretty quick and they said, look, here's what you got to do. You need to put a little energy back in this dog. You need to get some K-Ro syrup or something if you gain and rub it on, you know, run it on the gun line of that pup and said, he'll come to life quick. Said, you know, his sugar's low, blah, blah, blah. My wife had some K-Ro syrup and she rubbed that on that pup's gum line and it wasn't two minutes and that thing come to life like it was a it was amazing to watch yeah. that pup he he gets up on his feet and he just <laughs> he was on a sugar high you know yeah. oh yeah. he come to life yeah. and um so he survived this drowning and um 
he survived. You know, he basically was a miracle birth to begin with, so he kind of survived. Uh, he wasn't really, shouldn't have been born, to be honest with you. I, it, it took a while before I'd got her to the vet, and they right. done the C-section and all that. So he'd been in there quite a while. So I, I wasn't expecting him to be alive, if you yeah. know the truth. Yeah. Okay. He At this point, he's, he's still just a small pup. Yeah, he's uh, five weeks. He was about five weeks old then. Four yeah. and a half, five weeks old. I hadn't gave him a name yet at that time. So Yeah. And so that's where Small Town Lone Survivor come from? Yeah. So um, he, um, I was trying to think of a name and... And um, I had been watching, I'd watched the Lone Survivor movie and mm-hmm. I'd watched a lot of interviews and stuff with Marcus Luttrell and, and uh, I've always had a lot of respect for our military and our soldiers and my brother's retired from the army and mm-hmm. and um, I've always just been a huge supporter of our military and I'm sure it probably has a lot to do with my brother. Right. And um, um, and so I've, I've seen every and watched every interview on Marcus Luttrell and he's just always been my hero mm-hmm. and um so um my wife said you know you ought to call him lone survivor small town lone survivor and i said well what would i call him you know i'm gonna call i didn't you know i thought i ain't gonna call him survivor mm-hmm. so i was thinking you know Lori, she's oh she was always a loner and I thought, you know, if, if he takes after Lori's traits, and I expected him to, right. I thought, this dog is probably going to be a loner. Now, if I'd have named him this and he didn't take after, this name wouldn't fit him. And so I kind of rolled the dice on naming him this because he very well could, you know, may not be this, may not have this trait. You know, he right. may not be like his mama. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to call it, you know, that's, I love the name. My wife comes up with a lot of my dog names, and she's pretty good at coming up with dog names, but... She kind of, she basically named him, and she kind of helped save his life, getting him out. Because if I hadn't sent her back out there, she wouldn't have went back out there and checked on him. You know, he wouldn't be alive today. So, right. Right. so I call him Loner, and uh, it's just always. I said, "Well, I'm gonna call him Loner." You know, and it's just stuck ever since. So, did he uh, start pretty early, or he actually, um, you know, this pup was always Loner was always a really super intelligent pup. I could just see it in his eyes. He was just a really, really smart pup. He was mm-hmm. different than a lot of pups that I've that I'd raised or or had been around or had bought or had. You know, it was just something different about him. And and um, but he he started at about six months old. Mm-hmm. I showed him a coon and wasn't expecting much. He went berserk over that coon. It shocked me. I really wasn't expecting him to go, you know. He was just had that bug-eyed you've seen them dogs just have that bug-eyed hatred and yeah. and he did. He just he just had that bug-eyed hatred for one and so I thought, well shoot, I I've never started you know, I don't get too excited about starting one this early, and I didn't have nowhere the pup to start. And I thought, well, I'll I'll start taking him a little bit, mm-hmm. seeing what he does. And um, I didn't expect him, you know, turn him loose. I thought, well, he'll go out there with Lori for fifty yards out of your light and mill around, and end up coming back to you in thirty seconds or five minutes later, be at your feet or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. I thought I'd start him with her, and it didn't work out too good. I mean. He would go with her when you cut them, and but they was always ending up the opposite directions. Right. And you know he started out where he was just exploring the country, and you know no telling what he was doing, but right. he was just he was gone, and he was just he'd just get through the country, and you know he was striking a few coon tracks here and there, and wasn't getting treed, and but they was never together. And um, I thought, well, I don't need to I don't need to hunt these two dogs together. Pointless. He I don't need her. You know, 
he's going by himself. I mean, every time I cut him, they, you know, they end up two different directions. And I'd always end up having to go to Lori Treat, and he never was, he never was over there with her. He never did ever pull to her. Or he never did ever go over there and tree with her or anything. And so, so I thought, well, I'm just going to put out a coon feeder or two, and I'm just going to take him by himself. And he was just had a really good nose, and I would, I would pull up to turn loose to send him toward, at that time, a, had a coon feeder out but he uh to start him and uh, i could tell he you know you'd get him out of the dog box i'd hunt off my four-wheeler a lot too and i'd get him out of the out of the dog box off the four-wheeler on my truck and as soon as his feet hit the ground he is uh, his front legs was off the ground walking on his back legs on the leash walking around you know and had his head in there and he was a wind and and you could boy you could he was just sniffing and sniffing and sniffing turn him loose and he'd just take off his head up he was just he was getting he just started getting under coons he'd bark a few times on the ground but he was just laying coons up just Started laying coons up on his own, just mm-hmm. left and right. And he was winning that. He, You know, it wouldn't matter how far I'd take him and turn him loose on a feeder or whatever. I mean, it seemed like he was. He knew there was a coon around. And uh funny thing about him, boy, we have bumped heads a lot. He he was a really aggravating dog to start. And uh, because, I don't know, he was just a hard-headed thing kind of in a way. He, You know, you'd send him north and he would, I'd want him to go this direction. And he might go out there 20 yards and then just turn right around and come running right straight back toward you and right behind you. And then he'd go hunt back south. I'm like, that ain't the direction I'm wanting us to go hunting, you know? And I thought, you're going to go the way I point you. And I would go catch him up, scold him a little bit, take him back up there, cut him loose. Didn't do any good. I was wasting my time. He was going to go wherever he wanted to go, no matter what I'd done. Mm -hmm. And that was just the way it was going to be. What I started figuring out... (laughs) Was when I was doing this was in the beginning a lot of times when he would go the opposite direction if I wasn't getting treated on a feeder or something I and I and I didn't just pound feeders and hunt them you know and I thought well I'm gonna go turn him loose somewhere else where I think there's some coons down here or I'd treat him with Lori or whatever and um, or Star and I I would go turn him loose and and uh, he'd go the opposite direction and it seemed like he'd go the opposite direction he was getting treated and I was finding coons and I'm like. Well, he obviously knows where the coons are more than I do. (laughs) So maybe I need to cut him that way next time, you know. And then the next time I might go up there and cut him that way, and he would go the direction I wanted him to go the night before or two nights before or whatever. And uh, so he was really, he really got aggravating. And um, one night he, I I turned him loose off the side of County Road, and he come out and hit the road and went right back up the road. I was like, oh, you know, you don't want a dog running a road, and that's mm-hmm. the worst thing you want. Up the road he went. I checked my Garmin, and I was a long ways from a highway for him. You know, I was on back road, county road. There wasn't no traffic out there. And he'd went up the road. I don't remember that time. It was maybe eight, nine, half a mile. Way up the road he went. And then he just fell off the side of the road and just, bam, slam dunk, fell treed up there. When I drive, when I get up there, I get out. He's treed. Went over there, and he had a coon. Give him the coon. What I didn't know was happening was, was I was creating a monster. You know, deer and stuff, you know, they, a lot of times, you know, if they're not pressured, they're going to take the path of least resistance. If they, if there's a trail that leads to a clover field or whatever, they're going to hit that trail and it's easy walking. And that's just, you know, as long as nobody bothers them or anything, that's where they're going to go. They're going to take that same trail down there. And so this road, he was winning these coons out of the truck, obviously, was going back to where they were and was finding them and was getting underneath them. And he would do it just time after time. And, and I'd shoot him out to him. And I thought, man, he's he's doing this dog's doing a good job. He's got a good nose, blah, blah, blah. And, and I did. I created a monster. He got to running roads on me. I was like, man, this is not good. He's going to get run over. He's going to come out on a county road, hit a highway. And 
I'd talked to a few people and I wasn't really sure. I never had never had a dog do that. Just had a bad problem do that. But, you know, he was one night he uh, probably one of the <laughs> nights that I hated him the worst was this night. I It was on a week night and I got started late anyways. And I had to go through a couple, two or three gates. I was by myself, you know, get out, open them, drive. I sent him up a branch and or sent him down the branch and he, he goes down it. He looks back at me and then just runs up in the brush and disappears. And I'm thinking, well, I got a garment. I'm going to know where you're going, you know. He thinks he's pulling a fast one on me. And I look on my garment. Sure enough, he's going behind me, going the other direction. So it, it was just like he was doing it just to aggravate me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and because, uh, I mean, it was constant. I mean, it was constant. You cut this dog north, this dog was going south. Mm-hmm. If you, and people say, well, if he's, you know, well then go turn him the other direction well you do that it was just 10% of the time he'd go the direction you cut him so he goes out and around behind me and he goes up takes this big swath back in behind me and and I thought you know what this ain't gonna fly (laughs) I had a gut full of this I got mad slammed my tailgate jumped in my truck I look at my Garmin to see where he's at he's headed toward this road that drives off down to this farm where some of my friends own this piece of land we hunt a lot and uh good coon hunting for up here and i've got to go through uh, a couple of gates and when i went through that second one he was on that road running it and i run and i got in the truck and oh i just flew up through there and i ran up there and i caught him in the road and uh oh, he knew when i got out he i could tell the way he was acting he knew he said I, he knew he was in trouble you know mm. it's like oh and i get him caught throw him in the truck and i like you are going down that branch that I sent you down, if I've got to take you down here 15 times, you're going down this branch. Mm-hmm. And I drive him back down there, go through the gate, shut it, open it. It's a big deal. Go down there, cut him down it again. He goes down even farther and goes out of my sight. I sit on the tailgate and I'm like, all right, you're going down the branch. You're going the way I want you to go hunting. Now, remember, I just drove down this road to get down there originally, the same road that he was running to. And... He gets out of sight, and he I don't hear him. He ain't struck. I don't hear him. I was like, oh, get my Garmin out, check it. He's down there 200-some yards, and he's cutting back, circling around again. He gets He's out of my light. He thinks he's far enough away from me. I ain't going to know where he went. You know, He don't know I've got a Garmin. I don't know every move he's making. Same thing, curls back around up there, hits the road. By the time I get back in the truck, get through these gates, back up there, he had already hit that road and went into another little driveway that tees off that I have to come down. And when I go through this gate, I hear him bark one time, ground bark. I didn't even care. I'm going to get, you're going, you are going down this branch. Mm -hmm. You're not doing this again. I go up there. This is really stupid. So I guess I'm telling on myself, but (laughs) he, uh, I get him caught. He knows he's in trouble. He kind of whimpers around. You know, I didn't, I verbally scolded him a little bit, loaded him up, took him back down there, same down the branch. Same thing. I'm not kidding. Goes a little farther, does the same thing, hooks back around, hits this road. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, you know what? I give up. I mean, I was frustrated. I I thought, I give up. I am not running. I'm not going to do this all night. I can't do this all night. This is just ridiculous. So I got in the truck. He kind of wore me down anyways. I was kind of wore out. And so I get in the truck, and I go up there, and I go through the second gate. And the last time I checked him, he was on that road, running that road. And I just was taking my time. And I went through that second gate, and I got out of that second gate. He was treed every breath. I drove up the hill there, and I got out and stopped. And he was about 80 yards off this road, driveway, old county road. And he's treed every breath. And I thought, you stupid idiot. (laughs) 
if you've got a coon, I don't know whether to be mad or glad. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, of course, I went over there, and he had a coon. And he was the whole time trying to get up there to tree that coon. And I was keeping him from treeing that coon. Yeah. The whole time. He knew that coon was there. He'd winded that coon out of my box coming down that road. Yeah. He, he just knew it, the coon was up there, and he was going to go up there and find him. And he did. When that all went down the way it did, I had that little sweet light bulb go off, I guess, in my head. And I'm like... I've done this to this dog. I've created this. Now I've got a problem. Yeah. I talked to a few people. What do you think I ought to do? I ain't ever had a dog do this. And some guy said, well, I'd do this. I'd do that. And I tried this and I tried that. Unexpectedly, he just quit running roads. He, it was the craziest thing. He just quit them. He just, he just didn't do that no more. Yeah. And he got to where he was about 50% of the time going the way I'd cut him. Right. So, anyways, that was kind of just—I didn't mean to get off on that. Oh, no. That's probably too no, long no, no. of a story, but no, that's that's perfect. But he—he uh, he just, oh man, we bumped heads through that. You know, he had some ups and downs, and you know, he kind of went through a backwards, kind of went backwards on me one time, and and kind of fell apart. And I thought, oh, this is, you know, this ain't right. This dog was doing really good, you know, and yeah. and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't trying to burn him out, and so I don't, you know, I really don't know. They just, that happens. Young dogs, they, oh, yeah. they go backwards and things happen. And But he, you know, I got kind of down the dumps and I hunt a lot with my buddy Chops. And he said, yeah, don't get down on him. He said, you just got to hunt him through it. You know, we just got to hunt, you know, just yeah. keep after him and just hunt him through it. And so I did. And and um, and it all worked out. He come back around. Yeah. So um, you hunt him just UKC or PKC too? Or? We don't have a lot of PKC. I never... I never did ever hunt a lot of PKC hunts. We don't have a lot mm. of we don't have very many PKC clubs around here, right. as you know. Yeah, and uh, it's mostly been UKC around here. And, you know, there's just a lot of UKC guys around here. I, I don't have anything against PKC. We tried PKC at our club. Um, wow, it's been 17, 18 years ago, sixteen years ago, probably back when I had Grace. It's been yeah. a while, but it just never took off. I don't I don't know why it didn't. We tried it. Yeah. Um, we got a there's a PKC. They do UKC both, but they hold PKC hunts about an hour from here. But besides that, I mean, I'd have to drive a long ways. And I don't know. To be honest with you, he's kind of a PKC type dog, and Lori was too. And I look back on that, and I probably should have hunted Lori. And I should have, I really should have hammered her. And from what I've heard guys, you know, talk about PKC, she was probably the right style of dog for PKC. Yeah, Yeah. And I should have took advantage of that back when she was younger yeah. and i didn't but i so i kind of regret that a little bit what's well, so he won there in ukc so um he he'd went backwards on me and then he come back around finally he quit running roads you know he really originally in in the early days there he wasn't he was doing a lot of winding Mm-hmm. and was treeing a lot of coons winding and he wasn't just doing a whole lot of striking good tracks and running good tracks and or messing with bad ones or you know he was just he was going through the woods looking to win the coon and i and i wasn't used to that right and uh i didn't know whether i really liked it or not and i just he was doing it so i was just riding the ride with him you know yeah, yeah. as he was doing it but i knew that i thought well i want him ready i want him ready for the hunts and you know, I think I can win with this dog. I think I can win some hunts with him. I want to try him out. But, you know, I've put dogs in hunts too early. And just because you want to go and you want to hunt. And I like to win. And a lot of people that hunt, comp, you know, I'm competitive and I like to win. And, and I thought, you know, if I if I don't have any confidence in him and, and don't think I can win, I'm not going to go. Mm-hmm. I would like to just make sure he's right. English days is coming up. And 
I'm just going to kind of make his debut be English days. And, you know, if I get beat, I get beat. You know, yeah. we're going to hunt in cornfield country. I knew there had to have been a lot more coons in Illinois than there was oh, for sure. down here. And I think you probably know that there yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hunted Illinois for, I lived there for almost a year and hunted over there. And it's, it's some of the best hunting I've ever been in. It's, it's really good. Yeah, it is. So that's the hunt that I, that I took him to, um, and put him in and, you know, he, you know, I about didn't go. I, uh, he looked awful prior to English days. I was, I was hunting him a lot, trying to get him tuned up and just, you know, I was just hunting him and, uh, not trying to get him tuned up. I was just hunting him, trying to make a dog out of him night and, you know, night after night. And, uh, and he just, before English days, he was just looking awful. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I'm not, I'm not going up there. Anyways, I was talking to a buddy of mine, David Bradley, down in the south. He was gonna he was gonna make the trip up there, and then my buddy Chuck Henson, man, he'll be fine. You're you're you know you're easy to get down on him, and he's probably doing better than what you're letting on, and you're too picky and this and that. And I said, well, I just I just ain't got no confidence in him. You know, he's really been looking bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I thought, well, I'll go. Well, I'd actually been hunting that week prior to that too. Uh, my buddy John Wyrock, and he said, well, I don't know. You think? You think you ought to make the trip? You think it's worth it? He'd hunt with him, so he'd saw him. Yeah. And he he was a first-hand experience, not, you know, not just hearing me talking. He was, he knew that he wasn't looking too good. And so I went up there and uh, on Friday night, um, Thursday night, I hunted. We didn't do no good. We had a decent hunt. We just, I just didn't do no good. I got beat. So my first hunt with him up there, I got beat. And um, then, then Friday night, I took third place and he looked pretty good. I don't know. I was pretty excited. Mm-hmm. And uh, you you know I always you always want to win first, right? And uh, and I thought you know I need to be tickled with third, and you know he didn't put on no clinic or anything, but we pulled off third third place win, and and I thought that it was probably over for me. Yeah, I really did. I thought well I you know I'm gonna take this third place trophy, and I'll probably be headed back to Missouri, and that'll be the end of it, you know. And so next night got drawled out again and and uh i ended up winning first place that night and was the highest scoring english male on that saturday night i really didn't know at the time when they was giving out the awards i didn't know that i was the highest scoring male i didn't i hadn't checked the board and um i knew that i won first uh but i wasn't sure you know who had high scoring male but i think i uh missed the king of the hunt on that at english days i think i was i think i got beat for the total by 75 i think yeah. I was close to getting king of the hunt, but I didn't make king of the hunt. But yeah. it was close. And so I was pretty proud of him. I was really proud of him after Saturday night because yeah. I really thought that, you know, I thought it was over. And um, so he was my buddy all over again. Yeah. <laughs> I was, he wasn't my buddy the week prior. Yeah. <laughs> we wasn't getting along very good. <laughs> yeah, he definitely sounded like he made up for it after Saturday night. Yeah, he did. He did. What uh, other other hunts has uh, he been in? So after that, I um, pretty large benefit hunt over here. Uh, close to us over here and i went hunting it and i got second place in that so that gave me another win and then uh i can't remember really after that i hunted a i didn't hunt a whole lot of local hunts i hunted a few and just got some cast wins on him right locally and i thought well if i'm gonna grant him out make him night champion all that i'm just gonna i'm gonna hunt him in some hunts you know around won some cast and Put some wins on him, this and that, maybe night champion. And um, ended up this past year, I won an RQE, mm-hmm. which qualified me for the zones for the UKC world. Got to go down there for the zones. I placed third place at the zones, which allowed me to advance to the top 100 in 2021. Now, I was 
pretty excited. Yeah, oh, I bet. I got third down there. I think there was there was three of us that all had the same score. I think if I remember right down there. But I was yeah. But it was a it was great. I got in on one night down there along with two or three other people. Mm-hmm. Interesting fact. Well, something funny is uh we I, loners got down there and his eyes swelled shut. <laughs> mm. So Lori at the zones. And then now him, and he, he actually got in a bean field on me down there. I had tried to, uh, I'd been going to Kansas. I got a good friend that lives out there, Ron Brown, and I trying to prepare him for, you know, the corn and, and all that. But anyways, he got down there and, and uh, got in a soybean field, and his eyes swelled shut, and he was a mess. Yeah. You know, they wasn't used to that. And them guys that was with me said, oh, his his eyes will be, boy, his eyes look awful. And said, his eyes are going to be in bad shape. More. Now, I mean, we don't have soybean down here or corn. And, right. you know, I don't know how to doctor a dog that's been soybean filled. Yeah. Boy, his eyes were just really messed up. And, yeah. I mean, they were just raw, you know, the tops of his eyelids and his nose and along the side of his mouth. He looked awful. <laughs> and uh, you look like you had hooked him up to a truck and drug him through it. Just, yeah. you know, like oh, he's yeah. pulling somebody behind a sled on his nose. He just he he looked awful, and uh, them guys said, well, "You need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do that. You need to do this and that. Rinse his eyes out. You need to go buy the Dollar General or wherever and get you some saline solution and flush his eyes out good and this and that." So we had a spa treatment, I guess. Loner got a spa treatment. Yeah, <laughs> I, I kind of laughed about it. And said he got his spa treatment. And it was kind of funny. I actually took some pictures of him with some. Because he'll just, you know, he'll set, he, I've got him obedience trained and he's super smart and he does about anything I tell him to do. And so I had him to sit down and I had a wet washcloth and put it, <laughs> put it on his eyes and he just sat there with that yeah. washcloth on him. He wouldn't move a muscle. He just sat there. It was pretty funny. I thought, yeah. oh, I got to take a picture of this. This yeah. will <laughs> be fun to yeah. look back on one of these days. But so we, um, we made it to the top 100 up there and I got him over his eyes and his eyes come around pretty quick. He was... He was feeling pretty good, but I got knocked out up there the first night. We got drawled out, and and I, you know, just like going up there with Lori in eighteen, I knew that these three dogs I'm on draw, they're going to be legit, you mm-hmm. know. And well, you pretty I, much know when you get to the top one hundred of the UKC World, you're yeah, you're not in in the finals, but still, you you're you're going to be hunting with the cream of the crop. That's right, that's right, and I, and I knew it, you know, I had experienced that in eighteen up there, and and I never expected to go back, and I never experienced, and I never for sure did not expect to take a son out of my female up there right and um so we go up there and and i'll never forget this either they uh, our guide took us to we pull off the side of the road and there's corn and i got out and the first thing i said was i said where's the timber he said right through there we got to walk through this field and get to the timber well i got my I said, all right so I, everybody's getting their stuff out and i get my garment out and I look on my bird's eye and i'm like we're walking through a cornfield and everybody that's probably listening to this probably laughing because they're used to this mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah you know where we live we we don't see this yeah. and we're not used to that type of hunting and, and i thought loner will be through that in 30 seconds and on the other side of it going out the back side of it and in the back side of that cornfield and hope we don't get in here and you know run this corn but i'd been hunting him in kansas he was hunting in that corn i exposed him to that out there four weekends straight prior to the zones and and he he really hunted them like i had raised him out there mm-hmm. and i was shocked and uh, he, he just operated really good and so i had a lot of confidence but i thought his wheels could fall off out here on me you know so we walked through that i look on my garment i'm like there ain't five acres of timber in there mm-hmm. and we're in the and it we're walking about 
200 yards off a county road to a completely perfectly square patch of timber in probably what looks like a 200 acre cornfield no timber anywhere else right i'm like what in the world so we go out through there and we cut dogs and them dogs barking off the leash just instantly and them guys are striking dogs off the snap and i'm sitting there <laughs> going what just happened what you know i'm sitting there thinking what is going on loner ain't said a word and them guys are just boom 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 striking in all three of them dogs struck in at right at our feet right at the edge of this timber dogs start loading up and getting treed i mean they didn't go nowhere couple of them got split and one shut up and moved and then all of a sudden loner just blows up treed and i strike him in and dream and another dog pulls to him and just i forget really what happened anyways i couldn't find my coon and the next guy over there couldn't find his coon we went to that dog i'd recut well i mean i know what i know that i'm into a comp hunt here i know where we're turning loose i know the game i know what's the object is yeah i'm blown away that we're turning loose in this little patch of timber and we went 25 yards and there ain't five acres in here. And this dog gets treated over here left-handed to, from us, and he has a coon. I recut, get in there. He, the loner goes plumb to the opposite corner, run, goes plumb through it to the other side. He's just trying to get away from these dogs is what he's doing. And he goes over there, and he gets treated. I get treated in again, struck in, treated in. Can't find my coon. I'm like, what is going on? I can't believe this. I, I really don't. The first tree, I don't think he had a coon on the second tree. And But the first tree, I think he had a coon. I don't know why I couldn't get it to look, but... I think he had a coon on the first tree. And them other dogs, I think, thought they probably did too. But or they all, one of them wouldn't have treed there. But anyways, we uh, we called time out to move. And I thought, great, I'm glad we're getting out of here. And we drive and go to another spot exactly the same. Ten acre patch, two or three hundred acre cornfield. And he hooks left-handed. And I got first strike. And I thought, boy, I am really going <laughs> to. I'm going to pour it on these guys. He's typically a second or third strike dog. and um, But I got first, them, I, to get first strike on them guys, I was pretty excited because them guys was just getting struck quick. And he's an honest strike dog. If he barks, he's smelling the coon. Mm-hmm. He don't lose bark and babble and stuff. And so when he, as soon as he strike, as soon as he opens, I'm striking him. And it's a coon. And so I got struck in first strike. And I thought, this is great. You know, he's going to get over here, left-handed over here and get under a coon. I'm going to be 225. Boom. Recut. And, you know, and um, these dogs get struck in straight in. And they just squirrel hunt this little block of timber. And loner's wheels falls off. He just goes straight over there and hits that corn and gets in that cornfield. And I'm just sitting there going, yeah. what's going on? What are you doing? And he did. He just, he went over and got. You know, I mean, I hate to admit it, but he did. He, he just looked awful. Them dogs stayed in that little patch of timber and squirrel hunted that timber while he was over in that corn. And we had like, I don't know, there was 50 minutes or 40 minutes left in that hunt or something. And we scored on two or three coons in there and I got beat. So yeah. we had to come back to Missouri. And yeah. I was I was pretty down in the dumps because he didn't, op- you know, he didn't look too good and didn't operate the way I wanted him to operate. I still feel blessed and thankful that I made it that far with him. Yeah. Yeah, oh, for sure. I was uh, still pretty excited. But how old is he now? He just turned four. Just turned four. He did, yeah. Is Loner open to the public for breeding? He is. I've I've started breeding a few females after English days. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I'm not I'm not live covering him. I'm just doing artificial breedings to him while I'm pushing him. So right, I'm not doing any live cover stuff. And I've I can ship chilled semen, and I've sent some of that down there. And then actually, his second letter there was eight or nine, I think. Mm-hmm. on that one and the first one was female never had pups before I don't think she had six or seven I can't remember how many litters he's got on the ground I think five and then there's another one that I bred so I, there's a litter that's due to be born here within the next month or so 
okay. from a gentleman out of Arkansas. What, what would be the benefit of breeding two loner uh, that would benefit the, the English breed and, and benefit the, the person's kennel that's breeding? Well, you know, I know that I'm going to say this up front, that most crosses don't work. Statistics prove that most crosses don't work. Mm-hmm. If you run the numbers on them, it depends on what you're after, too, I guess. It depends on if you just want an average coon tree or if you want, you know, if you're just wanting that once-in-a-lifetime dog to pop out of that. I mean, you could breed dogs for the rest of your life and not ever get that dog, maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, um, he's not going to cross on, I don't think he's going to cross on everything I ain't gonna make him out that he's gonna walk on water i mean i don't know how he's gonna reproduce but i think that the traits you know i like certain traits and there's guys that like other traits and the ones i like may not mean a whole lot to them they may not care about it whether a dog does this or that you know everybody's got different ideas and they got different terrain they hunt and stuff like that you know some guys don't want a dog to be by itself right. all the time and you know they may not want that dead loner they may want a dog that'll cover or strike the track with another dog and you know i know guys like that yeah they and it depends on whether they're comp hunting or whether they're pleasure hunting you know if you're yeah. pleasure hunting he's not a fun dog to take and go pleasure hunting something with some guys because you're going to go to these two or three dogs over here, tree together, having a good time, talking, go together, walking through the woods. And, you know, I like pleasure hunting. Yeah. I like to compete, but I love pleasure hunting with guys and cutting up and having a good time. It's, you just about got to do that. It's it's so fun. Yeah. But if you got a dog that's all the time over here by itself all the time, and it's however deep through the country back the direction you really didn't even want to hunt or wasn't expecting to go to, then you, you're going to have to have all your buddies are going to go with you, and you're going to have to drive around to go get this dog and, and this and that. So some guys, not everybody likes a loner. But I think that um, with the traits that, that he has, these dogs, they've got a lot of go to them. And I think he's going to throw some go. He's going to, I think he's going to put the mouth on him too. I mean, he's got an extremely loud, loud mouth. Some of these pups that are out of him that are just, I think his oldest pups are 11, 12 months old, 10 months old, maybe Mm -hmm. in that range. They've got, they've got loud mouths. So if they're lacking loud mouth, I I think he might be able to help them in the mouth department if they care about that. You know, a lot of people don't care if a dog's loud. It's just independent. Uh, He's naturally independent. His mama was naturally independent. I ain't going to beat one and make it independent. I ain't going to set it up. I ain't going to spend the time to do all that. If they're man-made like that, I'm not knocking anybody that does it. I just That's just not what I'm going to do. Right. I, well, I don't have to. Let me back up. I don't have to do that because that's just the way these dogs operate. It's just the way they are. Right. Now, if I wanted that and they didn't operate that way, I may have a different opinion on it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But... Uh, I think you're going to get a lot of independence, mouth, you know, just the way he's bred, uh, going back and looking back at how he's bred and, and what he's from, the bloodline that, you know, he's bred to reproduce. I mean, he's mm-hmm. rowdy reproduced, Huckabuck, you know, and rowdy and awesome. They were all out of snake. Snake reproduced. Jim Ridge has had an exceptional you know, and David, they've all had exceptional reproducing hound, you know, Briar Creek red dogs. And yeah. it just depends on the traits that you desire, you know, and all that. But he's he's a, got a good nose. And, you know, most of these dogs, you know, loners probably the most of them. Lori, Lori can't win a coon. She's not no winding type dog. She's she's just not going to. She don't hunt that way. So I'm not really sure where he's getting that from. I noticed, um, I guess maybe on your Facebook page or something. Talk a little bit about, you, you brought up veterans and how much you enjoy the, the country and talk a little bit about um, what you do with part of the 
the breeding proceeds. Yeah. So what what I decided to do on that was, and I, you know, it's it's just something that that I Marcus Latrell has got the Lone Survivor Foundation, and I thought, you know, I've kind of named him after him and. Mm-hmm. Lori and for lots of different reasons and, and you know he's a an american hero and to a lot of people not just me there's ways to give back you know i wasn't in the military and you know looking back i've, I've had times in my life where i thought you know i probably should have went and served our country and i didn't so yeah. you know if i can give back by doing something like this it may not be that much, uh, but I'm going to give, you know, I never did set a exact amount. I, well, I did at first. I said, well, I'm going to give 25% of every stud fee to the Lone Survivor Foundation. And then I, once I had ran an ad and said that I was going to give back 100%, you know, for the month of, I forget what it was when I done that. November, you remember? November, I think it was. Was it? Yeah. Um, and I was going to give 100% of that stud fee. So I'm not going to take any of the money. I'm just going to give it all to them. Um so I don't know. I may just change it up and do something different all the time. But I'll just say this: from from now until Loner takes his last breath, any female that gets bred to him that I get a stud fee on, I'm given a minimum of twenty five percent of it to this Lone Survivor Foundation. Yeah. I'm donating to it every single time he gets bred. Yeah, well, uh, just something that I've just that the Lord put on my heart, I guess, and I just. Yeah. I just felt that that's something that I would want to do just to give back, and it and it probably don't. It's just a drop in the bucket, probably to compared to a lot of the donations that they yeah. that they probably get. Well, hey, I, you know, um, every little bit would help, and I think it's a uh, admirable thing for you to step up and give some portion of it uh, back, whether it be twenty five percent or like you did in the month of November, giving the whole stud fee. I, I really really think that's a that's an awesome thing to do, and I think a lot of people would appreciate it uh, out there, and, and uh, I'm sure they appreciate it as well. So, is there a memorable hunting story? I know we've told some stories about some <laughs> dogs through here, but is there is there something else that maybe would be funny or or something that really sticks out to your mind in your mind of uh, something that's happened hunting? Whether it be comp, comp hunting or pleasure hunting or or whatever. Oh, I tell you what, I've got, <laughs> I've probably got, I've got a lot of sto- stories I could probably share or tell, but um, you may not want to <laughs> post all that, yeah. <laughs> or you may want no, I want to use them. I have to edit this part out, but um, I've got, <laughs> yeah, I've had a few fun, funny ones and some serious ones and stuff. I've, um, I like to hunt with a buddy usually and and uh where we all try to get together you know all my buddies we try to get together and hunt a lot that it's just it's fun to get together and just hunt as a group and just have a good time and cut up you know it's the older i've gotten the more that that means more to me than anything chops which is curtis darty nobody knows him here by curtis he's got a grandson named easton and that little boy is just coon crazy and i tell you i just i like hunting with him and just watching him and just sitting back and mm-hmm. watching him it just it means a lot to me just to watch the youth and and to see them get so excited and of course you know what kid doesn't like a dog for your dog to do something and tree coons and that's what you know the kid knows that we're here for and all that it's just awesome but he he's a dandy he's a he's a tough boy and and he loves coon hunting. I hope he sticks with it and, yeah. and sticks it out because he's going to be a good little coon hunter. He's, he learns quick, and he's learning his dog, you know, and she's turning out to be a nice little outfit. But, yeah, I've had <laughs> one of the most recent ones. Uh, it, it's it's not a funny one. I guess it can be. But I, me and Chops coon hunting one night, and what's those satellites that that, that guy's releasing into? Oh, the, um, yeah, I know what you're talking about, the Elon Musk uh, yeah. Starlight. Have you seen or, those yet? Y- yeah. You got to experience that? 
Yeah, the little lights up in the sky in a line. Oh, that was the wildest thing. We, yeah. we here that was back. Oh, it's been several months back, and we'd turned cut dogs loose, and we were just sitting there waiting for them dogs to get struck, you know. And then I look up. I'm just looking up into the sky, and I do that a lot. And I was looking up there at the stars, and then all of a sudden, I see this star moving, and then one right behind it, and one right behind it. I'm like. I, I thought I was losing my mind. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know anything about these yeah. satellites. You know, I didn't know nothing about them. I hadn't heard anybody talking about them. And I look up, and they're just, man, one And there must have been 50 to 100 of them. I'd seen, I was watching them. There was probably 15 or 20 of them before I even said anything. I said, hey, Easton, and look up there. And we saw them satellites flying through the sky, and they just, just coming through there real slow and just a perfect straight line. Yeah. And they, anyways, it it was pretty neat. He got to experience that, and we got to experience that coon hunting. It was kind of kind of neat to experience that. And we, them dogs got struck. We went, and they got treed. We went down there, pulled them off the tree, found a coon, recut them, and and I, um, this is just, you know, anybody would, I'm sure anybody would do this, you know, for their friends. But I've got some good friends that I love, and they love me, and we all are are pretty tight. And um, but I, boy, I got a pain in my abdomen and i said i don't know what's wrong and we'd turn them dogs loose again off that tree and they had got it they struck and was going out of hearing and i thought boy i've got something wrong and uh, anyways long story short i i just about he just about chops just about had to carry me out of the woods i was having a kidney stone i didn't know it i thought my appendix had busted or something or you know and so he got a chance an opportunity to fly me out of the <laughs> I felt like I was on a helicopter yeah. with the drive we had, you know, flying up the... Yeah, you know, there's not a straight road down yeah, here. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's it's all curvy. And uh, so we had a trip to the ER, and I had kidney stones, and I, that was my first experience with that. I don't want to experience that no more, yeah. but... I've heard they're not fun. That No. And you know, you're thinking you're going to go on a coon hunt and have fun, and that happens, and things falls apart on you. But but I used to hunt a, a lot more by myself, and I thought, you're out here by yourself, and but you'll do things that to get yourself out of situations just on adrenaline. But yeah. I thought, man, if I'd been here by myself, I might not have ever got out of here. Because, boy, I tell you what, people that's had them that I've talked to, they say, oh, you've never had them before, honey. I said, oh, yeah, that was quite an experience, yeah. you know. But I had that happen in the in the woods coon hunting i've you know you experience a lot of things when you're out there at night oh yeah and you know positive and negative and things can happen at night out there and there's things going on out there that you don't that coon hunters know that's going on that nobody else everybody's at home asleep that don't coon hunt running into things and and it's like whoa yeah yeah for sure <laughs> well we've been at it for a while i'm trying to bring it to a close here is there anyone that you'd like to give a shout out to or thank and if uh, someone would be interested in breeding um how would you like for them to get a hold of you facebook or instagram or yeah i um i've got several people you know i i talk a lot about you know having true friends and and i've got a bunch of them and Chuck Hanson, Jamie Snyder, Colton Rust Jones, Chops Darty, Ron Brown. I've got a lot of guys that have had some kind of an impact, you know, helping me with a dog. It's hard for some people can probably take credit for themselves, but I just feel like I can't take credit for anything that I've done just for me, for myself, without the help of somebody else because all them guys have, you know, contributed one way or another, whether it was getting a pup from them or just or you know going hunting with them or whatever you know i've got you know you got buddies that you hunt with they've got excellent coon hunting and you know john wyrock another great friend of mine and he he's got a lot of good coon hunting down there 
So he had a part in getting Loner to where he's at and this and that. I look at it that way. A lot yeah. of people don't look at it that way. Yeah. They think that they've that they're the one behind the you know leading the dog and they own the dog and that they're the one that's done everything. And yeah, they're probably play a big role and then the owners of the dogs do. But when you got a group of buddies that are dedicated friends that y'all just love each other and care about each other and want to help each other be successful you know whether it's hunting somebody's spot or or training a dog or getting a pup from one another or a breeding you know or doing a cross or you know letting a buddy shoot a coon out because he's got more coon than what you do mm-hmm. you know that's something that you and your dog are benefiting from that maybe those people you know they're not going to get no pat on the back from and they're not going to get any glory from it right, right but you know looking back on stuff is is i've got a lot of people to thank and that made an impact on my dogs or, or my success or whatever what little it's been i mean i haven't had a lot of ex- success but just what few little piddly wins that i've had you know Somebody's interested in breeding a loner. How would you? Do you want them to contact you through Facebook? Yeah, they can or? contact me through Facebook. They can get a hold of you on here. You can okay. put them in touch with me. Yes. You can give them my phone number, email. So if, um, if you're out there listening and you're uh, interested in getting a hold of Brett and getting a breeding to loner, you can email me at thecoonhoundcollective at gmail.com, and I'll put you in touch with him and get you, get you linked up, and y'all can go from there. Anything else you'd like to add before we close it off no here? i guess that's about it i appreciate you having me on i've well, had a good time it was a great experience yeah hey I, I really really appreciate you taking time out to be on here it's a true honor to have you and hopefully uh maybe maybe six months or a year from now we can do this again and maybe talk about where loner's at then and sounds good maybe you'll have yeah. another project come along by that by that time and we always hope yeah yeah for sure yeah if you don't have anything to add i think we'll sign off here and uh Thank y'all for listening to the Coonhound Collective this week. Hey guys, thanks for joining us this week on the Coonhound Collective Podcast. We really hope you enjoy the content that we're bringing here. If so, head over to Facebook and give us a like and Instagram and give us a follow at the Coonhound Collective. Also, if you have any large hunts or benefit hunts that you would like for us to announce on here, you can send those to the Coonhound Collective at gmail.com. If there's any products or someone that you would like to hear us interview here at the Coonhound Collective, please send those to thecoonhoundcollective at gmail.com and we'll see if we can get them done. Thanks, guys.